0: Hey guys, you are now listening to Enlighten Your Mind Podcast with Zam. Hey my friends, so I know it's been a good minute that you've last listened to my episode, but here I am now. Um, As you guys know, I did mention on Instagram I've been feeling a bit uninspired with posting a new episode. I just really wanted to post something that spoke to everyone and that was something that would have been for a good cause because as you know, a lot of my podcast episodes, I try to make them as inspirational and motivational as possible and just something that can always benefit everyone as a whole. So this episode is definitely going to be a special one. It is going to be very near and dear to my heart as well as many other people's hearts because we will be having a special guest, uh, my good friend Sarah Ossafi aka Soya. Uh, In English translation, it is Shadow She is an LA-based fashion designer, which merges two beautiful aspects of fashion together, which is the Western European side with the Afghani traditional embroidery side. So a lot of her work speaks to different clients and just, she really dives deep into the aspect of internationalism and just brings a different type of fashion and embroidery And culture into her work. So we will definitely be diving into uh, wonderful questions for Sarah and just kind of hearing her side of the story of being an Afghan American woman entrepreneur and just even shedding light onto how you girls can, if you want to start your own business, maybe some steps, some tips into starting off with that. Also, like I said, this episode will definitely be near and dear to a lot of us because one thing Sarah and I share in common is that both of us are humanitarians. We are very strong when it comes to the belief of women and children's rights. And this episode is dedicated to Afghanistan and all the atrocities that are occurring there. So we will be briefly talking about what is occurring in Afghanistan and ways we can help them. So for my special listeners that constantly just support and listen to each episode of mine, I just wanted to say a special shout out. Thank you so much to you guys. You know, your reviews, your comments, your DMs to me do not go unnoticed. I really appreciate every single one of you. And in this episode, the great thing is Sarah and I are collaborating. We will be putting out some merch. We have three different color schemes and three different designs for supporting the cause in afghanistan proceeds from the merch will be going directly to aid the children and women of afghanistan so definitely stay tuned also i just wanted to give a little backstory about myself and my family um for many people they don't know but i am afghan american i was born and raised in california so i was born and raised in the bay area california and currently reside in sacramento the capital so both of my parents in addition to the rest of their family fled afghanistan right around the time of the soviet invasion where the taliban regime was just starting to come into play and the main reason they fled was because their lives were in danger you know things were changing, many people, a lot of the things that you guys see on the news involving women burning their diplomas, their degrees, as if they're almost eliminating their past history of accomplishments. I mean, this is true because this exact thing had happened almost 40 years ago with my parents and with their families. You know, my mother would tell me stories about how they had to burn all of their photos family photos, and degrees, diplomas, um, cassettes, anything you can really think of because the Taliban felt that educated people, well-known people in the community, people that had a little bit more money, that they were all a threat to them. And what would they do? They would imprison and soon execute those people. And a quick little backstory as to one of those people that were imprisoned Um My mother had told me a story from during that time when the Taliban had actually barged into their home, um, broke into their home, barged in and took a few of the men in that household, one of them being my grandfather. And so they imprisoned my grandfather, which is a very well known, respected man in the Afghan community. And I mean, by chances of a miracle that you can even escape imprisonment. Because usually what happens is once you're imprisoned by the Taliban, you were then executed. Um, And it's very saddening to say, but some of those men that were taken away, they were executed. They were never heard from again. By God's grace, somehow, because my grandfather also knew a lot of well-known people, also with the government um, at that time, he actually was let out. And the minute he was let out, I remember my mom saying that they had to pack everything they had, which was, to be honest, not much because they had to burn everything and leave behind their whole lives, but they had to escape. So with the money that they had, the whole family had to escape because my grandfather knew at that point that there was not gonna be another chance of being let out. And at that point, it was about saving the family and saving the children. And so it's just unbelievable that almost 40 years later, this exact same thing is happening. You know, and a lot of people have different opinions about what's going on. But I believe that it's safe to say anything involving a woman or a young girl being taken away, being used, anything along those lines is inhumane and not okay. And so this episode is not about talking just about what's going on there because to be quite honest I am not firsthand there to experience to see everything but I do and have been reading up and trying to do as much research as I can in addition to knowing my parents backstory you know about almost 35 years ago with what happened there and seeing everything now so that's just a little backstory with my history and being a first generation Afghan American woman here and um kind of similar, I'm sure, story with Sarah as well, being a first generation Afghan American woman here. So back to Sarah Asafi. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Enlighten Your Mind podcast. And just tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, So um, I'm, you know, a fashion designer, artist, Um, I'll say like, even humanitarian rights, you know, women's rights, um, activists I mean there, we have so many different categories or titles yeah uh, but I'm just human you know and, and and all for human
0: rights absolutely and so I know like I was describing what you did earlier and who you are so you are an LA-based fashion designer but I wanted to really know like what got you into fashion and like how did you start you know for women that Afghan women, or even just you know, American women anyone that really wants to be a young um, entrepreneur, what would you say to them like to give them a little bit of tip or anything advice?
1: Yeah, no problem. So, I I mean, I was a young girl, so I came from a family background of you know, khayat, um, interior design artists, um, you name it, our family uh, has it. So, I was a young little girl and I was helping my grandma, like. Know, organize her fabrics and her yarn and all that stuff. And then I came across this like green fabric and I was like, what's this? And it was like a long piece of fabric and it had like, um, you know, a pleated fabric and it had like a hat on it. And I was like, what is this? So I like literally Mm -hmm. put it on and Mm it was, it was a chodari, but I like loved it. I was like playing inside of it and I was like, I thought it was like a costume pretty much.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I was, like, in a whole different world, and my grandma's, like, looking at me, like, bachim, like, what are you doing, kinafti, you know, you can't see, yeah. and I was, like, oh, my god, this is so cool, I love this, and, like, I literally had that on for probably, like, a good hour, two hours, and I'm, like, I want to go outside and play with this, and my grandma's, like, no, no, you cannot go outside with that, oh, my gosh, I know, because <laughs> I, like, loved it so much, and um, it's just, like, the handwork, embroidery, just um the garment itself, right, and then as I took it off, and my grandma was telling me like what this um, symbol, costume, garment meant, and I was like, "Huh?" So when she was telling me, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't resonate as much because I, I didn't get it, you know. Once yeah. again, I was born in in the U.S., yeah. and I was like, "Really? That's what they use to form about like, but why? You know, is that why granddaughter and that why child?" Yeah. And yeah. you know, she was telling me why, and I'm like, "But you know, Boobajan, that's not fair." And then she just laughed and just said, "Yeah." It, you know i've won a son uh, a woman never is you know fair for them it's never equal for them yeah I said, but what do you mean like that that's not right and as i was growing up and i was like that was always implemented in my head that you know a woman doesn't have rights and a woman doesn't have the ability of doing what they want to do in afghanistan so as i got older and uh you know that that green tragedy has always been in my head and i said one day i, I want one of my dreams is to redesign that because personally, like when I tried it on, when I was a young girl, I loved it, you know, but I know because of uh, stereotypical, um, you know, information and how it's portrayed, it is a negative uh, garment. Right. That is but so yeah. And I, and I had an Amal who lived in Afghanistan for 18 years going from the U.S. She went to uh, Afghanistan for 18 years for work wise. And one day she was talking to me and she was telling me like, you know, Sora, you, you have to realize like a lot of women in the West, they try to get rid of the burqa yeah. where you have to understand these women, a lot of them choose to wear the burqa.
0: Absolutely. So
1: you have to know both sides. Right. And I was like, yeah. yeah. So she contacted me with some women and I just wanted to get their perspective of the burqa before I launched the, um, the redesigned version. And so I, I spoke to these women and, you know, There was three of them who said, you know, I will wear the burqa till the day I I live in Afghanistan. I said, what do you mean? Why? How? Because they feel secure. You know, they feel like when they're under there that no one knows them. They're very discreet and they feel a sense of safety. You know, people don't bother them. Um, I don't know. I haven't been to Afghanistan. I don't know. I know. I know you haven't. But, you know, men harass them there.
0: That's absolutely true. You know, you're talking about how women feel safer under the burqas. And I think a lot of people don't understand that they think that burqa is only a sign of oppression. But Mm -hmm. to a lot of Muslim women and Afghan women, the burqa is also, for some of them, a sign of freedom, because they get to be who they truly are, you know, under that burqa, and to cover it and not to portray it and reveal it to everyone. And I I did have a friend that I actually went to school with. She went to, she visited Afghanistan a, a couple of years ago and she mentioned how even though she was wearing a chadori, which for those who don't know, a chadori is basically a headscarf. Um, it's not necessarily a hijab full covering, but it's just the headscarf. But she was wearing a chadori, and she was saying she was passing by and a lot of men were just eyeing her up and down and like actually pinching her. Like yeah, you know, going by, it just, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. unbelievable, and it's not just an, you know, it's not just in Afghanistan. I heard it in many different countries that just because they're not used to, I don't know, they they don't they're not used to seeing certain women or girls. They're just, it's pretty. I mean, I don't even know how I'd react to something like that. God forbid, because I would not tolerate that. But that's what it's very common. So I understand why women feel safe and protected under the burqa and I think a lot of people don't understand that also Sarah Mm -hmm. you know this because you redesigned the burqa and like you always I know I've seen all of your work and it always says some women choose to wear it some women don't and I think a lot of you know westerners don't understand that they think that women are forced to wear it but also the truth lies in the fact Mm -hmm. that women who you know we can't oppress a woman from not wearing it either because we're what we're doing is exactly the same thing as telling a woman to wear it or forcing her versus forcing her not to so Mm -hmm. i see that you know it's a sign of modesty as well and not just the burqa the hijab i think it's it's beautiful you know i personally don't wear it um Mm -hmm. inshallah one day god willing maybe you know in the future um I can have that willpower and discipline and that, you know, kind of relationship where I can wear it. But as of now, I know that, you know, it's not for me, but I think it's a beautiful, significant symbol. You know, it shows modesty. It shows yeah. elegance. Absolutely. You know, um, because I, I have researched the
1: burqa, you know, uh, I was always under the impression that burqa's from, um, the burqa is from Afghanistan. Sun. But technically, it's, it's not from Afghanistan. Um, the burqa's is actually, I mean, from the research I, I've done, you know, um, I researched that the burqa's is actually from Hindustan. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um,
1: the re- yeah. And the reason why um, it kind of uh, got to Afghanistan is because a, a lot of women chose to wear it. And, you know, speaking to family members and elders in my family and, you know, they would even tell me, they're like, even the wakhti, Zoresha and Khan, there was burqas around. You know, and these yeah. are the women who chose to wear it. Yeah. Was it not in our faces? No, it wasn't. Because there was certain villager, villages that would um, wear it, but it wasn't that much. There was just few and they, they wanted to. So you have to realize it's us women and i want want a Av- son who actually brought up the burqa because of safety and security. Um, but unfortunately, here in the West, we are not, um, we're not told that. Yes. Uh, we're just kind of like under the assumption that no, the is force on us, you know, where yes. that's why the Russians invaded. And when, you know, the Taliban came and all that, they, they use that garment as like, oh, it's already in Afghanistan. So in Amida we're going to, you know, put the force on them. Yes. Then that's where the whole oppression came. That's where that whole small, small that's how it got known was from that. But we had it back in Afghanistan during those times. And that's how my grandma had this one. And she only had it because she was actually um, helping, you know, someone uh, sew it or fix it or something. And then, you know, when the Russians invaded themselves, she, she had it and it cut the collage It just kind of got in the mix of her, her luggage.
0: Um, that was amazing story to the green burqa. For those yeah. who you know, have been wondering about, you know, Soya, a.k.a. Shadow, um, mm-hmm. you know, her infamous green burqa. That I think Majda John also wore, correct, in her music
1: video? Yeah, so when I had um, actually thought about launching my brand, I was in the whole mix of, like, who, who should I choose to you know, wear this burqa? You know, I had a, a few artists in mind, um, but I've known Majda John. She was the first uh, Afghan female artist that I, I got introduced to through family. Um, you know their tv station and um, concerts and all that so i was like oh wow what amazing uh, opportunity for you know canadian Afghan uh artists and she's the first female artist that was literally in our community and i said you know i i want to pick her i want i want her to wear it yeah and so and it just kind of happened to to play where she was telling me about her music video and i said much i have the perfect costume for you and she said, okay, let me see you with this and that. And so I showed her, She said, oh my God, send it, you know? So I send it uh, with all the accessories, with everything. And she wore it, and it fit her music video so well that she like, was like, I couldn't have found a better, better piece for my music video.
0: And it looked, it looked breathtaking on her. I mean, the piece itself, the way you designed it, it was beautiful. And the way it was, uh, you know, dressed beautifully on Mujta john it just looked amazing it fit the music video and everything very well but i'll go ahead and link the music video below for those who want to check out um sarah's green burka on Mujta john so if you want to give the name of the music video as well
1: yeah the music video so it's by um and the song is called
0: feathers oh feathers yes i remember i actually Mm -hmm. watched it after you had posted i saw on your website um, her wearing it. And so I watched the music video and it was so beautiful. I was like, this is so different.
1: Yeah. And if you, if you see her music video, it's not like your typical music video. Um, it literally is like a short, uh, film style music video. Um, there's so much meaning behind every scene, every clip, every like moments, uh, movement in that video is literally breathtaking only because as an African American or even an African Canadian, you can relate so much to that music video
0: because
1: yes. um, we don't have the freedom that, you know, let's say an American or a Canadian or a European has. And, and that video just shows like really who, who we are and what struggles we have to go through to get where we need to get.
0: That's so true. That's absolutely really true. And so would you say, Sarah, like after the green burqa and redesigning that and having her wear that piece, would you say that's when your business kind of yeah, taking yeah that's
1: pretty much when it like took off that's when I launched it took off um right after that and then it's just I, I choose to do costume designs only because like I'm that person when you make one design I want to make it like 120 percent like the best right yeah. so you know I feel like with fashion with um any type of retail I feel like it's a little bit easier to just, you know, here, let me just do a design and let me mass produce and sell it in the store, my own store, or like any outside pop-up stores or whatever it is. But, but that's not my whole purpose of it. I feel like each design has its own story. Each design has its own like show of its own. Like it tells you a story just by you looking at it. So that's why I choose to do costume design for, you know, film industry, music um you know theater I've done um many contracts through theater um uh plays and stuff for uh colleges and even done a couple high school um I, I've done for that which is which is nice because you are in costume and well like I said before when I was a young little girl when I put that chadori on I I felt like I was in a I was in a role play because I was yes. under a I was I was a different person I had a whole different identity and that's why I love the whole um, genre of costume designs.
0: And as, would you say that's where you got shadow from or soya? Yeah. So the backstory
1: uh, uh, for that uh, name and soya and shadow was uh, I, as a little girl, I, you know, my grandparents had a lot of, you know, grandchildren mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I grew up with my grandparents and I think I was that one granddaughter that like would not let go of my grandma. Like, 24-7 I was like following her. I was obsessed with her, you know. <laughs> so and so cute. like yeah, so when we had um you know relatives who would come, they're like, okay, like all your other like nawasas are all like playing outside or they're in the room or whatever, but like there's this one nawasa that just does not let you go. Um, and, and her name is Jamila John Malikyah, she would always say, Um, you know, mi <laughs> Nawasit Right. And then I remember I was young and I got mad. I said, Boba, why is this hola? Don't call me Soya? My name is Soro. <laughs> right? Like I was so mad. So cute. Yeah. Like she said my name wrong. And my dad's like, No, uh, Soya means this shadow. And I said, Oh, I was like, OK. So, you know, my, my grandma was my everything and my dreams and my goals was if I ever come out with the business um, and all that, I, I'm going to name it, you know, Soya because I am
0: my grandma's that's battle beautiful I had no idea that's where it came from but I love yeah. that
1: oh yeah and that yeah that, that's where it came from and you know that's where I feel like anything I, I do it's it's refl- reflected on her you know it's keeping her legacy alive it's keeping her you know she had dreams you know she did chayote she sewed and did all that stuff and um she said I, I didn't have the opportunity because mo yeah that's what she did she loved it she enjoyed it and and, and did it matter to her
0: well you're definitely carrying on that legacy for her so I know you know Thank then you.
1: she's
0: watching down and like really loving every bit of what you do that's so beautiful it's so interesting that you say soya yeah, because um or like you were your grandmother's shadow because um, my niece is my shadow. It's so funny. Everyone's that's so cute. My mom and my brothers and everyone's like, Like yeah. Zara because she follows me everywhere. So I know exactly what you're saying when you would say you follow, you know, your, you would follow your grandmother. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful backstory. I think it's even more special when there's a special type of connection to your business or design, because when there's a backstory, it's more than just. You know a clothing item, it's more than just fabric, it's more than just the money from it, it's about you know the the connection you have with your pieces, with your design. So, I love that, and I'm sure a lot of people you know had no idea about that. So, thank you for sharing yes. that.
1: No, of course, absolutely. And, and that's where, like you said, you have to have the backstory because it's easy just to come up with a name. It was very easy for me to put like Sorocipe, right? But yeah. I was like, no, there, I'm more than that, you know, there, there is there's more links tied to you know where the name comes from um and that makes the beauty of the brand itself it's it's the storytelling part
0: exactly and for i don't know if you know i've known for those who don't know sarah and i have been good friends for about a couple years now it's been actually a few years now yeah it has but her and i basically we met and we bonded online first um through a page called soul sisters a facebook page. oh yeah it yeah. was a very big like sarah i think was one of the um women in charge of that page where basically she connected women from not just afghan women but they were primarily mm-hmm. afghan women from all over literally the country like it outside of the u.s in the u.s and it was so beautiful because it was a very positive very um like fun, different type of page where you would just, how do I say, you would just, you know, uplift other women and kind of let them be in on the know about certain things. And so that's where Sarah and I met, for those who are wondering.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it was nice. Because even then, like, you know, going through like school, high school, college, and, you know, I think uh, some of you and I, we, we do think a little bit different. Um, you know, for me, competition was never never a part of the agenda like I don't I try not to even try to compete because you know there's always going to be someone who's going to be you know better or richer or prettier or whatever like that's always it's going to be there and you can't compete with that do you know what I'm saying so it's like why not you know join hands lift each other up because you know someone you're going to have your audience I'm going to have my audience so-and-so is going to have it you cannot sit here and try to get everybody's audience Cause at that point, you're just eventually going to hit the grounds because if you're trying to do everything yourself and you try to be everything yourself, it's, it's not going to happen, you know? And I think in this, in this uh, industry of, you know, fashion, it, it's very competitive it's probably the most competitive industries I would say out there, but, you know, you'd be surprised how much designers support each other and they have to, because my style is going to be different than, you know, let's say something if you design, right. yeah. Um, you know, some people are going to gravitate to my design and then other people are going to gravitate to your design. I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, oh my God, well, let me do this so I can take her, uh, her clients. Right. Exactly. Everyone yeah.
0: has their own style and
1: yeah. their own preference. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, the whole sister, soul sister just came out, you know, a friend of mine, Sarah had created that page and, you know, she asked me if I can help her, you know, run it. Um, and so I said, yeah, no, of course. And, and it was a good opportunity for me and just showed me to grow and evolve as a person, to be able to hold a another female's hand and be say, Lay, "Let's go, let's do this together," uh, versus exactly, which people.
0: is very rare. I mean, let's be honest, it's very rare to see women empowerment, genuine women empowerment. You know, not just for, not just for show, not just for oh hey, look at me, I'm empowering another woman, but someone who genuinely has your best interest at heart. And I think that's where you and I are very similar, where I've never also just like you seen another woman as competition because I personally feel that, and to some this may sound cocky, but I know what I can bring to the table. And I know who I am wholeheartedly as an individual and as a woman. So it's like, I'm not going to compete or compare myself to another woman because she has her own, you know, success and I have my own success and she might have her own flaws and I have my own flaws. And that's where I've seen throughout the years that even those who you might not think, you know, they're, they're feeling a certain way, they might actually have competition with you. And, and it's not, you know, some people have healthy competition where it's just like, oh, she's inspiring me. Let me get better, which I love that kind of competition. You see another woman, do good, you want to mm-hmm. do good but then there's also the kind where is very common where it's like you see the other woman do well and you're just eating yourself alive about it and you're bitter about it and i think that's where you and i are very different we just never have seen eye to eye with people like that where they want to see someone else down or fail and speaking of like women empowerment and you know this episode is definitely dedicated to what is happening currently in Afghanistan right now, as you guys all see in the news. And as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode, that Sarah and I will be collaborating with some merch that um, she'll be putting out. If you wanted to kind of describe it, Sarah, or talk about- like- Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, you know, like Zamrath mentioned, you know, we're collaborating together and, uh, you know, we're, we, we see the whole vision of- Afghanistan we, we all we both still have hope you know we can't stay here and just because of what's happening just give up yeah um, so and I, and I know I know myself I don't ever want to give up and I never will and I, I think that goes the same with Samarud John we're not going to so we came out with a couple of designs to um, help the Afghans in need in, in Afghanistan um, I know some we talked about going through charity which is yes. great there's nonprofits out there but um, I do work with a couple of manufacturers out in Afghanistan. I have um, friends and family out there. And I was actually kind of um, informing Zamarajan that, hey, like, instead of even going through an, a nonprofit, what if we just get that 100% of the money right to them? You know, I can get it through like Western Union or through their bank accounts. Because um, I know nonprofits and, you know, all nonprofits run a little bit differently, but, you know, by law, they are. Um, they're able to pocket however many percent that, you know, I guess they, they have,
0: exactly. but I feel
1: like every penny counts for these Afghana. Um, I can send it directly through them through Western union or the bank. Um, and then I even have a gentleman out there. He's even willing to, you know, video documents of, you know, him providing the money to these families, to these kids, um, to whoever. And, and he's done that before uh, for, for myself and others. Um, and I think somewhere if we do that for this, um, you know, collaboration with us, I think it will be great because then we know that all the proceeds do go right to them instead of, you know, administration, um, nonprofits. Yeah.
0: I actually 100% agree with that, Sarojan, because I was telling, you know, some of my friends about, and I really have been trying to gain research and more information about the organizations and how things are actually helping the people of Afghanistan and and to be honest, if it's actually reaching the people there. And I see so many Afghans in solidarity. I think it's beautiful, even non-Afghans who have been supporting. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot more support the last week compared to the beginning, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, amazing. Any support really helps and raising awareness and whatever it might consist of. I've seen all of it and it's been, you know, outstanding to see all of it take place. But also I've seen like GoFundMe pages and I know GoFundMe or certain organizations, they take a specific, by law, yeah. you said they take specific amounts or percentages from mm-hmm. proceeds being raised. And um, I personally have always been more of let me go straight to the source type of Absolutely. person. And rather mm-hmm. than going through organizations, I'm sure all of you who are listening would much rather go through You know, instead of an organization, go directly, have your money go directly to the women and children and people of Afghanistan that are actually on the streets out there needing the assistance and the aid. So I, yes, that's what I love about this collaboration between Sarah and I, where it's going to go directly to them, like she mentioned, you know, with uh, video or receipts, if that's requested or needed, um, because one thing about us is that we don't ever you know, whatever that we say and do, we are very honest about it and open. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this cause because, you know, we've been trying to find many ways of helping the people out there. And even the newly arrived refugees out here, we've mm-hmm. had a good influx of Afghan refugees in Sacramento, and I've been helping through nonprofit organizations here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, but also I want to help the people that are still out there. They need it more than, okay. you know, um, some of the people that have already come out here with assistance. So um, the styles of the shirts and everything, um, Sarojan actually created the styles and we went through an approval process and I okayed it and I loved it. It's, it's very simple, it's very clean, it's very to the point. Um, and it comes in three color ways. There's a blush pink shirt, there's an army olive green color, and there's a black shirt. And they're all t-shirts, correct, Sarah?
1: They are. So they're all, um, unisized, uh, t-shirt sizing. Um, so it could be for men and women. Um, cause I know for a woman, you know, what's been in, in style and trend for a few years now has been the oversized t-shirts. And I myself, I like sometimes I even wear a large and extra large, Yeah, but in reality, I'm like an extra small, small, but I, I do love the oversized. And I know men, you know, could, could wear it as well. Like even some of the designs of like us women, one, like maybe even the pink one, I know men
0: can wear that if they're oh, willing yeah. to think, you know, yeah, uh, the price of the t-shirts will be,
1: they'll be at uh, 39,
0: uh, sorry, 34.99. Perfect.
1: Okay. So we have 34.99 and yeah. And even like the breakdown I'm going to have on the website as well. I'll have the breakdown of how much production costs, how much shipping and all that costs, uh, you know, how much is going to go to, you know, I'll say like nonprofit, but how much is going to go to actual uh, Amgans and uh, yeah every move we do i'll have it all in documentations um because i i do want people to know you know just the whole process of how even business works in general right because i feel like a lot of our afghans or even americans or canadians europeans just business-wise how how are things run and and just kind of showing us like a t-shirt um item right just by a t-shirt, like how much a production can cost.
0: I love that. It's very transparent. and I think nowadays we need a lot of transparency. But also, I mean, it's exciting. You wear a t-shirt to represent solidarity with the Afghan community. And as two young Afghan women, that's what we want to do. And so I know these styles um, and these t-shirts will just be something that you can literally throw on every day or just even at, I mean, if you want to show up to one of the Protest, or if there's future ones and you want to wear it and represent it um i think that's even an amazing way of doing it and the once this episode actually launches these shirts will be available at if you want to give your um yeah address. yeah so
1: it's uh www.s dot w.com so it is a double s and a double o yeah. Um, just to you know kind of shadow back each other yeah uh, it will be on the website for purchase um, on there after our episode today Behind.
0: awesome inshallah i'm so excited about that so you know touching a little bit on afghanistan and everything that's going on there how do you feel you know although you and i are both first generation afghan american women here how do you feel about the situation going on in afghanistan yeah
1: you know um like like I said um, earlier, I think this is before the recording. done, uh, like um, Jamaican, I was conceived in Afghanistan, but born in America. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's no matter what, there's my blood is from that country. You know, regardless you know, of where you're born, you know, our families, our ancestors, our founding fathers are from Afghanistan. Um, so I, I know as as a, since I was a kid, Zamarajan, like I would. You know, someone asked me, "Where are you from?" I would always say, "Afghanistan." I I couldn't get myself to say I'm, I'm American, you yeah. know. And and you know, I know that's okay. But then sometimes I know, like my cousins would always say, "Like, well, sir, you're not even Afghan. Like, you're you're yeah. born here, <laughs> but I am Afghan. I think I'm more Afghan than you. That you were born yeah. there, and you just recently came to America. But
0: like, no, I I'm Afghan. It's true. I hear. I used to hear. I mean, not so much anymore. But I remember I used to hear a little bit of that too, especially, actually, even from, I do a lot of nonprofit work with uh, some organizations in the local Sacramento area. And a few years ago, I'd see newly arrived refugees and firsthand, I would be helping and talking and speaking on behalf of the Afghan family. And they would get shocked because they thought I was, they would ask me how long ago I came from Afghanistan. And my answer would say, well, I was born and raised here in California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they would get so surprised because um, I'm fluent in speaking Farsi, but obviously sometimes I have my, you know, English uh, code switching, you know, slip ups when I speak Farsi. But like whenever I speak Dari with them or Farsi with them, they would get so Mm -hmm. shocked. They're like, they would think I'm joking or lying because how do you know Farsi so well? But you and I, like we still, you know, like you said, even though we were born and raised here in California, in America. We never lost our roots, and obviously, that's all thanks to our parents and absolutely the yeah. values, morals they instilled in us. And and I think that's why Afghanistan always, no matter what, it has a special place in our heart, especially especially the women and children. Because absolutely. I think the same, Sarah and I, we really feel the same when it comes to women and children, though we weren't born and raised. In Afghanistan it's still disheartening and and heartbreaking to see the catastrophic you know atrocities that are happening there and it's absolutely and, and not just for us but even for non-Afghan people and mm-hmm. and even if it was even the other countries I see the things that are taking place in Lebanon and Haiti and you know it's it's very heartbreaking to see but as humanitarians you don't just stand up for one cause because it's your people you stand up for any cause that discusses humanity. And um, if there's a humanitarian crisis, if you're a humanitarian at heart, you will stand yeah. up for any cause that involves that, not just one that's right. going to benefit you or that's going to be your own people. You know, you have to stand up for all people.
1: No, I, I totally agree. Like even, you know, a few days ago, when was it? I think the, yesterday or the day before, you know, when, uh, t- was it 13 soldiers who passed away in I want to from a suicide yes. bombing. You know my heart goes out to them just as much as the 60 of Afghans that lost their lives right Absolutely. A human's a human you can't uh, differentiate you know you can Afghan or American or whatever it's like you know they passed away they died under you know that watch in Afghanistan so you know all lives matter and, and I know when I had said this all lives matter um, during I believe it's like the George Floyd incident yes um, I, I remember I got a lot of backlash on it and I I mean, I already got, like, categorized as, like, you know, all these things. And I'm like, yes. but regardless, you know, got like black, white, yellow, orange, whatever it is, we're all human. So we can't sit here and just say, oh, just one life matters. Like I, I've always said all lives, and I always will say all lives. And I know Afghanistan is, you know, um, really, like, all over the media and Afghan lives are are in. But, you know, like you said, everywhere around the world, we're losing lives. Yeah. You know? it it should really um, emphasize on all lives matter. But like we mentioned, it's just, it's just being human. So you can resonate to, you know, any life that is lost is, is, um, is sad and it shouldn't get categorized. That's not fair.
0: Yes. I think you and I were in a similar boat with, you know, during black lives matter movement, we stood in solidarity with our black brothers and sisters and, We stood up for them and I tried raising awareness, but Mm -hmm. I also, you know, was just like you, where I said, all lives matter as well. It wasn't to discount or to disrespect anyone else's race or situation, but it was to show unity with every single life. So life matters. So I I totally understand what you're saying with receiving backlash, because Mm -hmm. even now, you know. Politics is a whole nother story that you and I will not get into. People get get very, very upset when it comes to politics and when it comes to different opinions. I've received much backlash as well with, that's why I don't really talk about politics and religion. Those two are always a very sensitive subject. But I've noticed if if you post any sort of political opinion, you automatically will be targeted and labeled. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, you know, this you can't just target someone and call them a name based on their opinion on a matter, whether it's, you know, political, religious, because you're doing the exact same thing. You know, you have to respect all people's opinions, their religion, their mindset, their mentalities, because everyone has a different backstory. And, you know, people, when they make an opinion and have a choice, we have the freedom of choice. So whether you're a far left liberal or a far right conservative or no party at all or whatever it may be, not just politics, but at the end of the day, we can't sit here and break others apart based on their political preference or based mm-hmm. on what they choose to believe with certain things because all lives matter, all opinions mm-hmm. matter. And I will never disrespect someone's opinion even if it does not align with mine because I know that we live in a country where it should be, it should be respected to have a different mm. perspective. So I've definitely seen the backlash to John and it's unfortunate <laughs> yep. it kind of makes you stronger because you're like, you know Absolutely. what, I people.
1: And you learn so much, right? Like for me, human trafficking is a, a very big, very big topic and it's okay. a very big category for me. Like, you know, the things I've seen, the things I've read, the things that like I, that's a very big, big um, policy factor for me. So rather follow policies, than who they have right in the front because Absolutely. that front man can be anybody right yeah but behind closed doors and you know behind um, uh, all that there, there's policies that is done so when I saw that you know wow there's someone who actually voted for this whole human trafficking thing and I was like Whoa. so yes. it was a thing for me then I remember I just had mentioned that and I I automatically got categorized and I was just like oh okay interesting you know <laughs> but I was like <laughs> i was like what is this i was like okay is, is, could this person really be that bad and yeah. at that point i have to say i was ignorant i didn't know certain things and that's why you know it, it says in, in the Quran Sharif, like you know education is one thing but gaining knowledge is, is the true key and the true power to anything yeah. and it is just gaining uh, knowledge and and that's what i did and i was like maybe it was from those backlashes that got me where i am right now right because yes. if i didn't get that back project, i probably would never have done that research or put the homework in
0: yes that's and very it true wakes you
1: up it wakes you up to a lot of things
0: you know it definitely wakes you up and it makes you appreciate and put things into perspective for you mm-hmm. i know we're all going through an insane pandemic and mm-hmm. it seems as if it's not even getting better it's actually getting worse but god willing things turn up and situation in afghanistan and The worst thing for me is just seeing those innocent children, especially the young schoolgirls that are not even able to go to school anymore. I mean, that just breaks my heart because the same condition that the country was in almost 40 years ago has now happened again. And it's the same because instead of moving forward, the country Mm -hmm. and the Taliban takeover is enabling the country to move backwards again. And so it's just heartbreaking seeing something such as... Young girls, having that passion for school and not being able to pursue it, I mean, Mm -hmm. it just, it not only breaks my heart, but it also motivates me to continue to work hard, to study hard, to really become one day that credible voice and have maybe a more credible platform to raise more awareness because inshallah with our collaboration and the shirts coming out i know this will do wonderfully and i know you guys with all of your help for those who are listening you don't want to miss out on ordering your t-shirts order one for your siblings for your parents for your you know whoever you want to order it for for yourself for your significant other and just show up for solidarity with afghanistan and the afghan community
1: Absolutely. And especially, you know, because, you know, we went through a shift um, from, you know, going into everyday life to the pandemic life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know myself, and I don't know about you, Zemel, but I'm in t-shirts every day. Like I hardly even wear blouses oh, anymore. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it, it's something we we all wear on a daily basis. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're great material. Um, it's for a good cause. And I, personally, like I could wear, let's say a name brand designer uh, t-shirt, But when you're wearing your own Afghan t shirt, it's a whole different feeling. And and that itself is just uh, a great cause knowing that you purchased this t shirt and you're helping a family in Afghanistan or, and you're wearing it and you're wearing it with pride. You know, I know before, like, you know, I I did that whole, collection of like stop killing afghans or just even my apple a sun collection you
0: know which i have that know- shirt in two different colorways, you guys and i love it the quality is amazing so yes um mm-hmm. her quality and her clothing and her sweatshirts and her t-shirts are really amazing so take my word for it and purchase yours
1: yeah i mean these are things we wear every day so you want to make sure um fabrication is your your number one key because we you know wash it on like well a daily base weekly base um we wear it all the time so it's just you want to make sure it's good um fabrication so it'll, it'll last longer right yes so that's, that's my whole my main focus and i know that took a lot of my time um in the beginning it's it's getting your right fibers your right manufacturers your right production um because that's your, that's your bread and butter of any brand and, and if you don't you know have that right it's it's hard to You know, grow as a business um, and grow in general. That's so
0: true. And, you know, I know we are going to wrap it up now, but it was a pleasure having my lovely friend, Sarajan Asafi, K.A. (laughs) Saya. Originally it was Shadow, but now it's transitioned to Saya, the same thing, but in, you know, Farsi, Dari, and what other languages is.
1: So, yeah, so soya, yeah, and um, I believe it's six different languages. I wow. uh, mean, yeah, so, and um, I believe that'll be uh, in D for C. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about Pashto, but even uh, Japanese. Um, wow. So, yeah, so it, it's, I believe it's like six different languages. I wanted to have it named soya, yeah, anyways. Yes. But it just kind of happened all of a sudden when I did the, the shadow and I said, okay, now with this collection with this brand, I'll have it under. So yeah. Um,
0: I love that so much. And I just wanted to thank you again for coming. Oh, no, thank you. Zamarajani.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I think this is so great that
0: uh, I think it's a beautiful come together. You know, yes, I absolutely love it. And I thank you so much, Sarah, for being here and just kind of telling your story behind your vision and your perspective on Afghanistan and just wanting to help uh, the Afghan people. So thank you so much for coming on this episode. And you guys stay tuned for the next episode. But definitely once this episode is live and you hear it, I will link everything down below, including Soto John's information and the link to the t-shirts.
1: But thank you so much for having me. And I, I really appreciate
0: it. All right, you guys. So that was the end of episode nine efforts to aid Afghanistan with our special guest, Saya, as known as Sarah Asafi. I wanted to thank you guys for sticking through this whole episode. If you did, you are the real MVP. And, you know, thank you guys for supporting my podcast and always leaving reviews, giving me feedback. If there's anything else you'd like to listen to or have me touch bases on, definitely send me a DM or a message. I'm always looking for new and motivating ways to inspire you guys. So don't forget to check out the limited edition collaboration t-shirts, which I'm so excited about and I know you guys will love it too. And stay tuned, subscribe, like, share this episode and let me know what you think. Bye.